Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You know, what I really like about what the Raiders have been doing, the way that they've structured these contracts, we know Derek Carr got the contract extension. They have an out if they really want after this year. I don't think that they're going to have to exercise it. I think Derek Carr is going to have a really good year. Devontae Adams, we look at his contract. They have an out after this year if they want, but really, if you really want to be honest about the contract, it's about a three-year deal, right? And then a lot of people hit me up and say, Q, the Hunter Renfro deal, it's only two years. Why would they only give him a couple-year contract? Well, you add that to the year he has, what does that make? Three years. We've been talking about this for a while, and I fully, truly believe this is a three-year window that the Raiders are creating for themselves. And I think that that should be exciting if you're a Raider fan. If they're giving themselves a three-year window, the message that they're sending to you, Raider Nation, and you should be hearing it loud and clear, is that we believe we can get it all done in the next three years. We can go win and hoist the Lombardi in the next three years. And I know... Raider Nation is starving for playoffs, playoff victory, starving to get back to the big game, starving to hoist that Lombardi. But if you knew that in the next three seasons, the Raiders were going to be at least participating or challenging for the Super Bowl, I think you'd feel good about yourself. Now, that could, that could come as early as this year. I'm not saying it is. It could come as early as this year. It could be next year. It could be the following year. But if they give themselves that window, in my mind, that means that they believe that they can get this thing done in the next couple seasons. A main reason why Josh McDaniels took the job as the head coach of the Silver and Black. So I was asked this earlier this morning. I was on the press box with Ed Grady and Tyler Bischoff. And Tyler asked me a question, and it kind of stuck with me. So when things stick with me like that, I realize it's a pretty damn good question, right? And it really got me thinking, and I hadn't thought about it like this. He asked me, since there is that window, because I reiterated that to, to Tyler, is that I felt like the three-year window is wide open, like some old-school TV antennas, and then it's going to shut it down. If they can't get it done in three years, then boom, they'll, they'll go another direction. They'll work on some other things. So he said, okay, if it's a three-year window like you believe, do you think that there's a chance that the Raiders look at this season and say, we're going to go get the wide receiver, we're going to go get a couple guys in a contract, we'll address the offensive line and the secondary next offseason? Could it be a possibility that they address everything that they want to address this year and then are going to go full in because that's something that they haven't addressed, right? That's the, that's, the, that's the ugly duckling that we talk about all the time, right? Is the offensive line the questions about the offensive line? We asked that yesterday, and everyone, offensive line, offensive line. Secondary is a question as well, for good reasons or bad reasons, but it's, it's a question. So Tyler asked me straight up, hey, do you think that maybe they'll go into next offseason and really go hot and heavy after the offensive line and make sure that's 100% solidified? Then you'll have the third-round pick, Dylan Parham, have a year under his belt. Alex Leatherwood will have two years under his belt. Colton Miller is going to be Colton Miller. Andre James will be a little bit more seasoned if he's still the center. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and it started to make sense. And I told him, my answer was, Raider Nation won't want to hear that. Raider Nation don't want to hear, like, hey, the team's going to be complete next year. But there's a possibility that that could be what they're working on. It could be one of those, as people have said earlier this week when I asked, do you think Josh McDaniels has any pressure? They said, no, he's not going to have any pressure the first year. Okay. You combine that three-year window. No pressure for Josh McDaniels the first year. Could it be a, hey, get it done in Vegas and host, host the Super Bowl? Could it be that? Could it be all in on year two and not year one? Like this could be a really good building block, go and win 10 and 11 games, and then know, hey, this, this team could do it. This team could make the run. We got the quarterback. We got the right pieces. All we need to do is go, and you know how teams go out and get one guy that pushed them over the top? Maybe go get one guy, two guys that put them over the top. Is that a possibility? So I throw that out to you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200, and also the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword r Could this potentially be a two-year plan to build this team to where it needs to be to be a true contender for the Super Bowl?
That's the question I have for you on this Friday as we close out the week really strong here on Rare Nation Radio 920. Again, 702-365-9200, text line 69187, keyword r and I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on that? Man, that's a good plan. And also, maybe if that is the plan and going into next offseason, if you see that improvement from Parham and if Leatherwood is where you need him to be, then maybe the offensive line's already taken care of. If and, you can have, and that's a possibility you too. have Parham, Leatherwood, Colton Miller, and then Andre James, whoever the left guard's going to be, that's already taken care of. And then the secondary is going to be key because the writing's on the wall. Jonathan Abram, don't believe he'll be back next season unless he just comes and balls out right. this upcoming season. So then you'll be looking at someone else in safety. We don't know about Trayvon Mullen, how he's going to do this season. Maybe then that's a, if there's a big corner out there. Everybody was like, hey, why didn't we get J.C. Jackson? Why not Stephon Gilmore? Hey, maybe someone else is going to be on the market for Raider fans next season that's just equally as good. I mean, it's very possible. It's very possible. I mean, I haven't gone through the free agent list on who's coming up next season. I don't know who's coming out in the draft right now. I haven't. I'm not. I'm not that sick where I've just di- done a deep dive into who I who I think is going to be an early pick in the draft next year. I mean, I, I don't know. But it is a possibility. Maybe they have addressed the team and really built the team up as much as they believe that they can right now, and then are going to go put the finishing touches on next season, especially based off of what they see from their team offensively and defensively. This season, 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. Who we got up first? Derek from Pomona. Derek, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, thanks, guys, for taking my call. And you know what? I agree with you guys that next year is probably going to be the year that they really go all in for the Super Bowl push. This year, I think it's going to take them some while to learn uh, both schemes on offense and defense, put it all together. And, uh, you know, next year is going to be even better, too, because that's when – Vegas hosts the Super Bowl. So if they're mm-hmm. gonna go all in if they're gonna go all in to win a Super Bowl and really put all the chips on the table like that, then next year's the year to do it. I mean, hey, and thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. You know, and, and that's why I threw it out there because you could be onto something. You I mean and, and, and Tyler, I have to give Tyler Bischoff the credit for this. He's the one who presented it to me. This is not a Q original. This is something he asked me. So I have no problem uh, you know, giving him the credit on that. But it did it did get the the wheels turning in my head. And made me think that, you know what, and look, let's, let's not be, you know, foolish. Every team wants to win the Super Bowl every year, right? The Raiders want to win right now. I'm just saying everyone's got to have a plan. They've got to have it all mapped out. They've got to have everything that they want to do and, and, and figure it out. So if they have a plan, like John Gruden had a 10-year plan, you know? Now, Josh McDaniels and company may have a two- to three-year plan. And year two may be the, the year, it just might be, the year where they feel like this team is 100% solidified. Just throwing that out there, you know, and, and but I do want to hear from you. Uh, hit us up on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, let us know your thoughts on that, if that's a possibility or if you think that it's just one of those year-to-year type things and they're, they're still going to go and make a big move and maybe solidify that right tackle spot, maybe bring in someone else in the secondary that, uh, that, that could help out with, uh, you know, with, with taking this team from where it's at right now to another level. And, of course, mandatory minicamp just got wrapped up, so uh, we'll see what happens Come training camp. 2.25 is the time right now. Joining us on the phone line is our guy, Michael Fabiano, senior analyst, host of SiriusXM Fantasy Sports. Uh, put a really good piece out about Devontae Adams earlier today uh, on Sports Illustrated. And, and, Michael, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate you. And, you know, it's funny. I was looking at it, and I'm looking at the three-headed monster that could potentially be for the Raiders in their offense, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. And I realized Devontae Adams might not have as many fantasy points this year as he normally does, but that might be because the Raiders have a whole lot of weapons that they can spread the ball around to. Right. There's, there's obviously no questioning how good Devontae Adams is or has been. 
Is there a downgraded quarterback? I mean, sure. Listen, mm-hmm. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers is going to the Hall of Fame. And uh, no one would argue that he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the position in the history of the National Football League. But the, I think the biggest part of Devontae Adams' fantasy value and the, the, the expectation that his numbers will decline to some level is exactly what you said. Darren Waller's a guy who last year had right around a 15% touch share. Uh, Hunter Renfro was, was over 20 in the last three years, Waller's uh, commanded about 8.3 targets per game. Renfro is a popular target for Derek Carr. So as much as we love the, the fact that Carr and Adams went to school together for two years and the numbers they put together were bananas, the, the rapport should be easy to, uh, to reestablish based on that. The bottom line here is that when Adams was in Green Bay, he had no competition outside of Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. And that was like towards the end of Jordy Nelson's career with the Packers. And when you look at the numbers over the last few years, listen, Marquez Valdez-Scaling, you know, he's, he's, he's a good player. <laughs> Randall Cobb, <laughs> yeah, good player. Alan Lazard. But th- these guys, these guys are, are, you know, secondary options in the passing game and have been for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. That's not the case with Waller, and certainly it wasn't the case for Renfro last year, who was the 10th best wide receiver uh, in PPR scoring systems. So I love Adams. I think he's a great player. But are you going to get 340 fantasy points from him? Not unless somebody gets hurt and the targets are really funneled more towards him. If Adams and Renfro and Waller are all out there for 15 to 17 games, I think a good projection for Devontae is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 catches, Around twelve to thirteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns. That's really good. Right. <laughs> it's not nearly as good as what he produced in Green Bay. The Raiders have actually, and this is a, a crazy stat. The Raiders have never had a wide receiver score more than two hundred and eighty-three point two fantasy points in a single season. Yep. None. Right. Not one. That's wild. And I, when I read that, and that was Tim Brown, you, you mentioned that in your piece, I was like, wow, as an organization. You know, that's why when you said if he gets, if someone gets hurt and then they have to funnel it, well, maybe not even then because they just don't do that. And then Renfro is the highest, highest uh, fantasy point scorer in the, in the uh, Derek Carr era, and he just did that last year. Yeah, and he was at like 259. Yep. So that's certainly not what we've expected from Devontae Adams. If Adams stayed in Green Bay – I would have had him ranked ahead of Cooper Cup as the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. With him in Las Vegas, I still have him in the top five, but I feel like his numbers are going to maybe look more like, say, Stephon Diggs last year, mm-hmm. uh, and less like Adams putting up just you know gargantuan numbers as he's done in each of his last three full seasons in Green Bay. Talking right now with Michael Fabiano here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Devon's got one for you. Yeah, we're talking about the Raiders' embarrassment of riches that they're going to have for <laughs> receiving options. But how is this going to impact Derek Carr and your projections for him in this upcoming fantasy season? He could be a top-ten quarterback. And I, I've, never, I've never had Derek ranked that high. Last year he was 14th. And so I think he'd probably get a four-spot increase with Devontae Adams in the mix. Now, quarterback's deep. Okay, there, there are some really good players at that position. And you've also got Trey Lance. Looks like he's going to be the starter in San Francisco, a guy who's very mobile, who uh, certainly has a high ceiling. There's always players that are moving up into you know, that, that upper echelon at the quarterback position. We seem to see it uh, you know, all the time, whether it's Ben Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. 
uh, Justin Herbert, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, Joe Burrow's getting closer and closer to that, uh, and he showed that last year, leading the Bengals to the improbable Super Bowl appearance. And I like Lance a lot. Um, I think he's probably right. He's probably right in that tier with Derek Carr. And, I, and again, I think Lance has a chance to be a potential top 10 quarterback, too. But that position is so yoked. It's so deep, especially with Brady unretiring. And, and Tom Brady was amazing last year, even at 44. Hmm. So that, that's where I see Derek Carr. And that, that's some pretty good company, right? He's going to be higher than, you know, a Kirk Cousins, for example. He's going to be higher than a Ryan Tannehill. But he's going to be in that mix. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't be surprised if Carr has more fantasy points than Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, right now, his number one target in the passing game is, uh, who, Al Lazard? Right. I mean, Al Lazard, like I said, I mean, he's a nice player. He's certainly not a lead. Now, Rodgers can make guys a lead. He's been doing it his entire career. But you know, Al Lazard and, and, you know, a rookie in Christian Watson and, you know, Randall Cobb, I mean, Romeo Dubs, like, I mean, Robert Tunyon at tight end. I mean, what are we really looking at here? Right. So I would not be surprised if Derek Carr ends up scoring more points than Rodgers. And, and they're in the same sort of tier together uh, with Trey Lance, uh, as I had mentioned. And another thing, too, that you got to look at is I know that AFC West got better across the board on the offensive side, certainly on the defensive side as well. But you got to expect there's going to be some high-scoring games, even though the defenses got better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Raiders got Taylor Jones, and the Chargers you know, got Jackson. They got Khalil Herbert, they, uh, or, or um, uh, Khalil Mack. They've got... So many good, uh, there's so many good players. You know, the Broncos' defense is going to be tough. And Kansas City, maybe not as much, but there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games mm-hmm. just in the AFC West alone. So that's going to do. Uh, I think that's going to do Derek Carr some favors statistically and from a fantasy perspective. Again, Michael Fabiano is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How about Hunter Renfro? I mean, again, he he had the high number last season, 259.1. He has Adams. He has Waller now as a three-headed monster. What do you think that, that uh, you know, so, something should be reasonable for Hunter Renfro as far as the fantasy points go? And, and he's the guy who takes the biggest hit, right? Because, mm-hmm. he, he was, again, he was a wide receiver 10. 10. I mean, this guy was a late-round flyer at best last year. He was a wide receiver 10. So, you got to take that into consideration. The, the the decrease in numbers, to me, is probably going to be pretty significant. Now, can he still catch 70 passes in the South End? Sure. Uh, I just don't expect him to duplicate the totals that he had last year. I don't think anybody does with Devontae Adams now in the mix. So he's probably getting drafted as a wide receiver three in most leagues. He's a mid-30s wide receiver, which is a pretty dramatic, a, a dramatic drop when you consider, again, he was the number 10 wide receiver last season but 70 catches 75 catches somewhere in the seven to eight hundred yard neighborhood with maybe six to eight touchdowns if you get that from Renfro big time decline from last year which we all sort of expect but that's probably what you're going to get from Renfro again assuming there's no injuries there uh, to me he's maybe the maybe the second target I think probably is the third uh, behind Adams and of course Darren Waller yeah, the Raiders, they were a bottom five defense in fantasy last season because they didn't get any turnovers, the lowest team in the league in interceptions. But do you think that maybe creating some more turnovers, but the addition of Chandler Jones alongside Mike Crosby, that's going to bump up those sack numbers and make them a better fantasy defense this year? Yeah, no question about that. That's what you're looking for, too, right? You're looking for sacks. You're looking for defensive players on the line of scrimmage who can force quarterbacks into making errant throws and inaccurate throws, and that's how you gain fantasy points, right? 
Uh, your touchdowns will come on interceptions, fumble recoveries, et cetera. So that, that's big. Now, do the Raiders have the worst defense in that division? I think it's probably between them and the, and the Chiefs. And from a fantasy perspective, I don't know that the Raiders are going to get a whole lot of love when you've got to face Kansas City twice and you've <laughs> got to face the Chargers twice and you've got to face Russell Wilson twice. But will they be an option in terms of streaming when the matchup is favorable? Maybe in DFS, absolutely. But there's no question about that, that the Raiders uh, are going to have an improved defense. And maybe it'll be more improved than the numbers ultimately show at the end of the season. But again, when you're playing Mahomes twice and you're playing Herbert twice and you're playing Russell Wilson twice, I don't know. I don't know any defenses out there. Maybe the '85 Bears. I don't know <laughs> that are going to have great statistical success against those kind of teams and those kind of quarterbacks. Right. Absolutely. I agree 100 percent with that. Just got a couple more questions for you. As far as Josh McDaniels goes, I found this to be an interesting nugget in your piece. Uh, his offenses have really done well in fantasy points, even without quarterbacks named or with quarterbacks not named Tom Brady. Uh, what are your expectations as far as Josh McDaniels? How much juice can he bring to the Raiders offense to make them a little bit more of a, a dynamic team, just fantasy wise, fantasy point wise? That's the first thing I looked at, right? Because when I do these pieces, I'm trying to dig as deep as possible. And you can go back and look at, well, Josh McDaniels has had this many uh, different quarterback instances where they finish in the top ten. He had Tom Brady. Right. I, listen, I mean, I could probably coach him to a top ten finish in <laughs> fantasy. So you go back and you look at, you know, what he did in, in Denver in that short period of time. And, you know, Kyle Orton, uh, you know, he was, he was you know, an okay quarterback. He, he you know, had some – fantasy value here and there in Denver and a little bit there in Chicago. Uh, but obviously, you know, not, not the best quarterback we've ever seen. And in that one year in 08, when, when Brady got hurt in the first game of the year, uh, I believe it was Bernard Pollard that, that, uh, that uh, tackled him low and he hurt his knee. Matt Castle was, we had a pretty good season, right? He wasn't a top 10 quarterback. I think it was 12 that year. Uh, if I had to, if I had to guess off the top of my head, but it, it's more about that. Well, you've had some pretty good wide receiver performances without the elite quarterback, right? When it comes to uh, his offenses, uh, Josh McDaniel. So, you know, Brandon Lloyd was, he, I think he was the number two wide receiver in, in 2010. I think that was the wow. year it might've been Dwayne Bowe might've been number one um, or, or flip flop, but there, there has been, you know, instances where you've, you've seen quarterbacks who aren't Tom Brady put up pretty good numbers in this offense, which is clearly good news for cards, clearly good news for the offense. I think McDaniel, this is probably in terms of, in terms of an overall group of receivers. So if we're talking Renfro and of course, Adams and Darren Waller, it's as good or better than anything you had in new England. Right. I mean, you know, you had, you had Moss there, you had Welker there, but this is, this is just as good uh, as anything you ever had in new England. And we remember the year where, where Brady and Moss just went bananas and, and Moss broke the touchdown mm-hmm. record uh, in terms of receptions in a single season. So, yeah, that's great news. The one thing that I also did find, too, is that the Raiders, over the last three or four years, on average threw the ball more than the Patriots in terms of the, the pass percentage versus rush percentage. Now, one of those years in McDaniel's uh, last four was with Cam Newton. So, like, you kind of throw that one out because they didn't throw the ball very much at all. Cam was not a good passer. They ran it a ton because of Cam, uh, Cam's ability as a, as a rusher. But still, uh, I'm interested to see how much more McDaniels throws the ball. Uh, and two of those years that I looked through were when Brady was the quarterback. 
Now, in the last year, his receiving weapons were not all that great, remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, had, he had some issues with the receivers there, and uh, maybe that was part of the reason why Brady ended up uh, leaving New England because the weapons weren't there anymore. But I, I'd, I'd be interested to see if McDaniels pushes up that pass percentage to uh, you know, closer to 60, maybe 61% uh, as the, uh, at the end of the season. We'll see what that number looks like. But overall, he, he is in a very good position to succeed statistically uh, with this offense. All right, Michael. I did a lot of research preparing for you to come on, <laughs> but I couldn't le- let you leave without asking this one question. What's your favorite episode of Curb? Uh, I can't. There's so many good ones, dude. <laughs> there's so many. Crazy Eyed Killer was great. You, I mean, I don't know how, how much you guys get into this, if you know. Oh, I'm deep. I'm deep. This is, this is strictly me <laughs> and you. Q's shaking his head at me right now. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm out of this chicken, one. <laughs> the Palestinian chicken episode was hilarious. There's so many. It's it's really hard for me to to pick like just one. But off the top of my head, those two and the last couple of seasons too have been hilarious. The season, uh, the last season, the episode that he did was it with Woody Harrelson with mm-hmm. with the cow milk. That one had me cracking up because LD finds a way to I guess not get canceled. And that episode I remember in particular. There were a few things in that episode I was like, whoa, he's really <laughs> pushing the envelope. I met Larry David one time at NFL Network. He was doing Rich Eisen show at the time. This was years and years ago. And a huge fan. And he walks in, he's in the makeup room, and he's dressed just like the guy in the show, right? Exactly like that guy. And I went up to him and I said, Hey, Larry, my name is Michael Fabiano. Nice to meet you. He goes, Hey, Fabiano. And I said, Yeah, it's a nice Irish name. And he started laughing. And I felt like a George Costanza moment. I'm like, All right, that's it. I'm leaving. My day's not getting any better. I just made the funniest man on the planet laugh. Uh, he, was, he was great. He was great. But there, there's so many good episodes to, to go through. Um, to, actually, I can't even say it on the air because uh, I'll get you guys in trouble. But um, it, uh, hilarious. Let, let's, just, let's just say, do you remember the episode with the, shall we call them, exotic cakes? Yes. <laughs> That sounds something like I'm interested in. (laughs) I thought you were going to go Beloved Aunt because that's one of my favorite. Oh, that one's good, too. Yeah, well, that one I definitely can't say. (laughs) Yeah. Well. That goes back to, like, the first few seasons. Yeah, I love love the show. I'm I'm really glad that it's coming back on. Um, And uh, I want to get on that show. Jeff Garland's a buddy of mine, and I'm like, dude, if you need, like, any, you know, folks in the background – what, I'll do whatever. I'll pour coffee. I don't care. I just want to get on the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, uh, I, I love that show. Uh, great stuff. So many great episodes. That is awesome. That we had just gone down a rabbit hole that now I've got to go find out about. I know nothing about it, but I got to go find out about it. It's hilarious. Apparently, <laughs> if you start watching. You will not stop. It is tremendous. It's funny. It's it's curmudgeon-y. It is just. It is it is hilarious. You will love every minute. Of it. I'm going to check it out this weekend, no doubt about it. That's Michael Fabiano, senior analyst, host of SiriusXM Fantasy Sports with us. Michael, you got anything coming out that uh, we need to be on the lookout for? I know you got to run. Yeah, so I'm in the middle of my uh, series, which is the Fantasy Case Against, where I talk about why some of the superstars or players who broke out last year might not be able to duplicate the same type of numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cooper Cup is, was the first article that I wrote. Adams is the second next week. I'll dive into uh, Tyreek Hill. We'll also be having a mock draft uh, over at SI, a staff draft, so you're going to be able to check out what the results of that draft are next week as 
we are getting to the middle of June. I can't believe it. Time flies. Right. It sure does. I say it all day, and I feel like the oldest dude in the room every time I say that, but that's a reality. It so, so it flies. Well, Michael, thank you so much for your time, man. Great insight. We really appreciate you. Have a fantastic weekend. Have a good weekend, guys. Thank you. All right. There he goes. Michael Fabiano. You want to talk about some fantastic stuff right there, and I don't even know what show y'all were talking about. I have no problem saying I have no idea what you were talking about. But I definitely need to go do some research. The way that you described or he described and you described those last couple shows sounds like it'd be something up my alley. Just going to throw it out there. I don't know. It's just something, <laughs> something I'm thinking. 2.41 is the time. Coming back, we'll close out hour number one. This hour flew by. Just like the day fly by. Yeah, the hours are flying by. This is Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Now, we had a extended opening drive. I apologize for that, but at the same time, it was a damn good opening drive. So don't want to apologize for something really good, but please believe went a little bit long in that first opening segment of the show. So at some point during the show, we're going to make up for that. We've got to make up for that and get back on track. But uh, many thanks to Michael Fabiano, senior analyst, host of SiriusXM Fantasy Sports, for joining us. And, uh, you know, he's talking about fantasy sports, and I'm not a fantasy sport guy, but at the same time, it still can do – it can give you a lot of knowledge and background on what to expect from the Raiders offensively, defensively. DeMond brought that question up. I thought that was a good question. And, you know, just – it just kind of gives you another measuring stick, another angle – to look at the silver and black. So many thanks to Michael for joining us and giving us plenty of his time on this Friday. And just a, you know, a a peek behind the curtain. He literally has to go pick up his son from school. (laughs) So that's why when I told him, Hey, I know you got things to do because we had to get him out at a certain point because he had to go pick up his son. So instead of just, you know, blowing us off and saying, nah, can't do it. I got, you know, got dad duties. He was like, ah, well, as long as we squeeze it in, in this little time. And all I could think of is something that I would do. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. As long as I can be out by this certain time. I did that when I went to the dentist last week. Not this last, not this last time when I went, but the week before, uh, I, I this guy, the guy from London, hit me up and he was like, "Hey, can we do this interview at 7:30?" And I was like, "Dog, I got to be out by 7:55. Got to be at the uh, dentist at eight. All right, I'll get you out." So at 7:54, he's like, "All right, Q, I know you got to go to the dentist. Let you go." And so I bounced, bounced out, rolled out, went to the dentist, and well, you know, the rest is history. But yeah, that's just that's awesome. Real quick, I remember one time we had Tim Brown on, and it was just like trying to get. He's like, "I got to go get a haircut." Got to get though. my haircut. But, yeah. And then I remember during the interview, I hear him opening up the car door, right. closing it, and yep. he's like, "Hey, but he still made the time for us. Still made the time for us. So you always got to appreciate guys that'll do that." Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Let's go out to the phone lines. Talk to our guy that made time for us, Raider Rod. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Working right here in Vegas. Oh, what is good, you? How are you today? Hey, man, I'm blessed. I got my red polo on. I'm feeling good. Oh, you got that power red going. I see you. I see you. Yes, sir. Hey, man, I, I wore my power outfit, but mine is black and, and, and gray, always. I work in black and very, very dark gray. You okay. Know what I'm saying? I got you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I love I love the conversation with Fobbs. That was that was awesome. I'm a big fantasy guy. Um, I, I, uh, I was laughing when you guys were talking about the red zone because – you know, that's exactly what I do on Sunday. I wake up, you know, oh, when those first games start, I'm all red zone channel. When it's uh, 2 o'clock, where I used to live, when it came 2 o'clock, uh, it was all Raider. It was all Raider game, and nothing else could be in, in my view or nothing else could be interrupting me. So um, I used it both ways. I used it for 
my fantasy in the morning. And then, you know, um, once it was game time, it was all Raiders on the, uh, the direct TV, you know, yeah. Sunday ticket there. But, um, I, I've never, uh, to reflect what you're, what you're, what you're at, talking about with Fox, I've never, um, had a Raider on my team higher than um, a second round pick. And that was Darren Waller last year. And mm. well, we kind of know how that went. Right. So <laughs> needless, needless to say to you, I did not win my fantasy league last year, but I did have, I did have Daniel Carlson on my team. And that was a sleeper move that people were, were, were uh, you know, talking about all year. Cause you know what? DC can put up some points. That, that dude is money. Um, as far as uh, the earlier conversation, because I, I, that's what really got my gears grinding. That's what really got me um, looking for my phone ready to call is, you know what? I can, I can see the organization maybe, maybe having that outlook. But as far as players, uh, you being a former player of sorts, me being a former player up to high school and then in some uh, adult leagues afterwards, Trent, don't ever tell me that we don't have a chance this year. I don't give. I don't give a damn. Right. We always have a chance, and we're always there to do one thing, and that's win the league. Whether we're couch potatoes or going for the Super Bowl championship, bro, we are here to win the league. So maybe the organization is thinking about adding a piece here and there to right. finish it off. Mm-hmm. But I don't buy that one bit, and this is why. <laughs> you never know when you're going to have that season. That that is is you know come together for everybody, right? And I mean the health. So if you want to plan for next year, go ahead. Just like I planned on Darren Waller taking me to the championship. Waller's ballers didn't make it, bro. So <laughs> I, I we we don't plan for next year, right? We don't plan for tomorrow. We take it and we take what's available today. So I think everybody in that locker room, everybody in that office, some more. Maybe they're not adding more because they know what we don't. I'm just saying <laughs> there is no off seasons. As in, this will be our you know our try it out year, and we'll see what we need next year. Nah, nah, fam, that don't work, and that definitely don't work for this nation. Raiders. There he goes, Raider Rod, right here in the, in Las Vegas. Thank you for the call. And no, I I agree. And you know that's that's why we were saying like, yeah, of course they want to win this year. I mean, make no mistake about it. From the top down, everyone wants to win right now. I'm just saying when you go and put something together, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have you know uh, what's the six month look like? What's twelve months look like? What eighteen? I mean, that's just in life in general, right? Now, if you are exceeding that and you're doing really well, like I don't think the Bengals thought that they were going to be in the Super Bowl last year. I don't. I don't care who you are. I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals thought. But all of a sudden, they started rolling, and they got there. In 2016, when the Raiders went to the playoffs, I was standing in the studio at 95-7 the game with my guy Zachariah the night before Derek Carr broke his ankle. Before Christmas Eve, we were on Christmas Eve is when the Raiders played Indianapolis at the Coliseum. I was on the air with Zachariah that night, and he said, well, if the Raiders make the playoffs, isn't that a victory? And I said, yeah, but... They're on a roll right now. They're playing so hot right now. Why not just go for the whole damn thing? You know, like, why settle at, oh, just made the playoffs? Because that season, I didn't go into 2016 thinking the the Raiders were going to be as hot as they were. But at one point, they looked like they couldn't be touched. Obviously, we all know what happened on that Christmas Eve game. I don't have to rehash that. Derek Derek Carr's driving around like, Q, please don't bring that up again. Please don't bring that up. But no, I mean, so there's times where you get hot at the right time and you realize, man, this team could do it. 
you know, but again, you still have the blueprint and you have the plan in place. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. The, Hey, get this team in a right, in a very good position. And then boom, get over the top in next season. 255 is the time. We'll come back. Uh, Mitch in New Jersey. We'll get your call in a minute. Plus we'll take some more calls and text right off that, uh, uh, that uh, Raider nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R. Plus I got covered three, but I got a little twist that I want to, uh, want to take to it and, and provide for it. So that's all coming up as we kick off our number two of unnecessary roughness here on Raider nation radio, 920.